This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning. My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and welcome to day 30 of AOM Q&A. Today we're going to talk about my husband is condescending, I don't know what I like sexually, and I have been a B-word all day. If you're new here, welcome. We have over 200 shows uh, covering all sorts of marriage topics and relationship things, including our own journey of almost getting divorced. You can check all of those out in our older seasons. That's right. And as a licensed marriage and family therapist, please do not substitute this podcast or anything like this for actual therapy, go seek help if you need it. And we're glad that you're here. But before we dump, dump, jump in, we're going to get a, a shout out to our sponsor, Audible. Uh, we love audiobooks. We mm-hmm. listen to them literally every single day and have for years. So you can get a free audiobook on us. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage and get an audiobook. I recommend. The Power of Habit mm-hmm. by Charles Duhigg. I don't know if that's even right. It's right. And then, oh, or anything by Mel Robbins. Yeah. Go I, get your I audiobook. feel like sometimes our podcast is just a promotion of a bunch of books. It we, should be. We should contact all the authors. But good that, idea. That, that would be Quit good. This all way. right. I'm holding it. Okay. Review of the day. Five stars. Five stars. Great podcast with real people. I blew through so many podcasts trying to find some information on marriage communication. This was the best one I found, and it's nice to have a casual environment and real people who make it easy to listen to. Thank you. Thank you for that review. Yes. We are us. We're, we create the stuff, the content that we wish that we had. It yep. comes normal to us, and we let it fly. It's part of the reason we made this podcast, because we try- I was trying to find a podcast to listen to when we were going through everything, and I was like, not that everything else is bad. Don't hear me saying that. But I was like, I don't resonate with these things. It is. We're the best. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Okay. Into our questions. When my husband is trying to explain something to me that I'm not fully understanding, he gets irritated, condescending. He gets an irritated, condescending tone of voice and starts talking to me like I'm an idiot with zero intelligence. I shut down and I just say I understand, even if I don't. So he'll drop the conversation. But then he wants to revisit it later by saying, I'm just trying to teach you. Him saying this makes me cringe. I've told him how it makes me feel when he does that. He says he's working on it, but he continues to do it. What do I do? Hmm. 
makes me cringe a little bit. <clears throat> yes, it because does. Because as a guy, there was a point where I thought for some reason I had to teach Melanie things, which was wrong, right? And that was early on in the marriage. And then I see other young men trying to teach their wives. And it it makes me, it really does make me cringe, like gross factor a thousand kind of thing, uh-huh. you know? And uh, it's not your job to teach. It's your job to love, to be a soft place, to uh, share leadership. That's what it is. You know, you can teach by example. You don't have to say like, I know this, I have experience. I mean, of course, if, you know, one partner is like an engineer and the other person is like, hey, can you tell me about engineering? You're like, okay, sure. You know, if you ask to be taught, that's a different thing. Right, right. But the kind of condescending teaching voice, that's, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it from a wife's perspective? Well, the thing I wish I knew to help this make be more clear to me is what it is that you're talking about. So if he starts talking to you um, and you don't understand what he's talking about, is he talking to you about something that you don't even need to know? Like, for mm-hmm. example, if you were to try to, like if, if you said, hey, the car broke down and I'm like, oh, what happened? And then you start telling me about like some random part of a car that I have literally no idea about mm-hmm. and then I'm confused about it and then you're like, ah, why don't you know about like starters or I don't know bolts and I bolts I don't know um, I have no idea I can't, I'm literally trying to think of a thing in a car and I'm like ah, it's a starter that's a really good um, but so if you know is it that kind of thing where your partner is being condescending because he thinks you should know what he knows that's a different story mm-hmm. um, but I do think because. Because in our the first few years of our marriage, you were condescending because you were you were actually saying Melanie doesn't know about this. I am going to teach her, right. which I don't know why, and it was weird, and it wasn't very. I don't know. Loving. I think culturally, that's men have some sort of cultural thing that we think, oh, we have to teach them because I think okay, when you are able to teach somebody something you feel good about yourself because you're like sharing knowledge and you think that you're doing something good sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, teachers and people that teach things, they are doing good if the if the student wants to learn. But then there's this other kind of like self-righteous, I'm better than you, like, oh, you don't know this, let me hold your hand and walk you through this, which is, that reflects something on the, the other person, right? Yeah. Maybe some insecurity, maybe <clears throat> some complex or whatever, which, yeah. like I said before, I had it too, so... Yeah, I do. One of the things I wanted to say, why is, what's the internet I don't know. doing? It's reconnecting. One of the things that I wanted to say, though, that I think is really important in this conversation is that beyond like, so let's start with that. What is the thing that your husband is trying to, quote, teach you about? Mm-hmm. Um, and why do you need to know it? Right. So is it like he's just being weird and teaching you about stuff that he's an expert in so he can feel superior. Let's not do that. But then the second part is, which I think is really important to understand, everybody learns differently, right? There are kinesthetic learners. There are people who read and they learn that way. But when we don't acknowledge that when we do things and we talk about teaching and learning something new, we don't acknowledge that people learn differently, then we um, essentially like are beating a dead horse, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense, Mm -hmm. right? So that's why I use analogies constantly. Mm -hmm. That's why my analogies are never the same because everybody learns differently. Something that has to do with like, I'd explain something like a tightrope or I explain it like the ocean. Mm -hmm. This is going to resonate with maybe a dude and this thing's going to resonate with some lady and this other thing's going to resonate with someone who's divorced. So I'm, I'm perpetually trying to throw out analogies that are different all the time 
because of the fact that everybody learns differently. Mm -hmm. That's my way to try to respect learning styles, right? Mm -hmm. What I think is disrespectful, even in the um, sort of the academic community right now, or Mm -hmm. it's changing, but the fact that they thought textbooks were the only way people could learn. Oh, right. No, thanks. I can't read a textbook no matter what you do. Like Mm -hmm. I, if I try to read it with my eyeballs, it's, I might as well just sit or in even, the corner. Yeah, even traditional school, which is a very Western kind of yeah. standpoint, you know. So one of our friends says, I don't necessarily think it's a gender-specific thing. I've done that to my husband. I think it's more of a personality type. It's terrible. For sure. I was yeah. going to say that that actually, that was something that I was surprised that you said you were doing because I for sure, when you don't understand something, I'm like, ugh. How could you not? Yeah. And then I get super condescending. And then I... I, I you do. You... <laughs> <laughs> I make the most judgy face you've ever seen. Yeah, you do. But and for like a split second. But it still hurts. But then we turn it into a joke and then we all feel good. Yeah, then we talk about it on the show. Yeah, it's not a gender people, thing, so. that's for sure. But I do think it's very important to understand. How, so turn it around on yourself. I know that the, the husband is not the one writing in, but how would you like it if someone treated you like that? If, if I said to Seth, oh, can you help me change my oil? And he was like, oh. You don't know how to change your oil. Blah, 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 blah. That's what you he's know? doing to her. I know. I'm saying. Right. If you if you are a person who does that condescending type of thing like I did, oh, okay. think about how you would like it if someone did that to you. Yeah. That's one of the most powerful doses of medicine that I think of. But that's right. That's a great question. Thank you for sending it in. So let's move on to the Okay. Next one. Okay. So this is a, a cool wave. This is a cool question. I'm not even gonna touch it if I wave it like a <laughs> mess up. Okay. I feel so awkward asking this. <clears throat> Thank you for asking. You're brave. Good job. But thank you all for being so bold and answering awkward questions. How do you figure out what you like sexually? Like sometimes I don't fully love sex. And I know you, Melanie, say you don't have bad sex. And that's what I want. My husband is willing to do different things. But it's sometimes hard to even know what I would want in those situations. I grew up with a shameful view of sex. So I do think it's part of not allowing myself to feel fully comfortable and sexy. But I'm not sure how to change this. Thank you again for the podcast. Okay, don't, so, don't read that. I'm not going to read that part. But, okay, I'm going to say that this question, stop it, comes from, uh, I grew up with a shameful view of sex. So I think that is the root thing, the root thing here, right? So what does it look like for you to rewrite? What are you doing? I'm laughing at the thing on the side. Oh. Go ahead. Rewrite your sexual paradigm. Why? Say a different out. word than paradigm. Narrative? Narrative. Story. View. Worldview. I don't know. Why do you think that you have a shameful view of sex? Why is it shameful? Was it something your mom said? Did you grow up in a stupid Christian culture that shamed that? You know, was it purity culture? Was it whatever? Uh, what was that? Was there any abuse physically, sexually, uh, emotionally around that? And then start from there and then kind of build up. And then I like that you are also thinking about it this way and you're desiring something like oh okay we're having sex it's not like what it could be but this is what i want so you're in a very good ballpark there so what are you saying um i think you know she's saying that she grew up with a shameful view of sex probably in her family of origin Mm -hmm. right and so i think one one of the things i would start with is uh, what is the word? Deconstruct mm-hmm. your shame narrative around sexuality, which is kind of what you were saying, but didn't say it quite that way. Um, but say, tell yourself the things that you think are shameful about sex and then tell yourself why they're not shameful. So um, so think about, like I remember thinking, because I grew up in a sort of a silent home around sex. We didn't talk about it, but we had, there was like body shame in our home, but not like overt, just sort of You never of this, saw your parents hug or kiss? Yeah, or there was just a sort of a void a, a, like a non 
you know, examples to follow. And, uh, but one of the things that I remember thinking like in our relationship is that like bodies are bad, you know, just they're gross. They're hide them, make fun of them. They just, Oh, every time you see one. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have to tell myself why, why do I actually feel that way? And then I have to retell myself, no, they're good. Look what they can do. And a lot of that came from having kids. A lot of the like reparenting around sexual, uh, not shame <laughs> was uh, when we had kids because I was like I can have a, I can make a human mm-hmm. I guess my body's not terrible right. and so I started changing my sort of personal narrative about shame around my own body which then changed my shame around sexuality if that makes sense mm-hmm. but then the second thing uh, the thing I thought was really important to talk about hey Hattie hold on we're we're filming go out babe shut the Close door, the door. <laughs> she has a field trip today so she's Thank really you. excited shut it all the way babe. <laughs> But um, one of the things that I wanted to, this analogy I wanted to use was think of the different types of, you know, she says, I can't think of what I like sexually. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to analogize this to a swimming in a swimming, just swimming in general. There's about a million ways to swim, right? You can swim in a lake, you could swim in a river, you could swim in the ocean, you could swim in a swimming pool, you could float on your back, you could do butterfly stroke, you could do uh, like lay on a floaty with a beer. There's a billion trillion ways that you can swim, mm-hmm. right? And if you only think that swimming is like, okay, I jump in the pool, I do 10 laps and I jump out. Mm. Like that's what, that's swimming. That's how you swim, right? right? If that's all you know and all you learned about swimming was from like a trainer, then you will never know the joys of floating on a floaty with a beer in the thing or Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't like beer, but whatever. Um, You know what I'm saying? So there's Mm -hmm. all these diverse and uh, many, many, many ways to swim. And the, the way that this is messed up in our culture when it comes to sex is that often... Almost always, when people say, I want to explore my sexuality, they think kinky, gross, multiple people, you know, like, do whatever, F the world. Like, every everyone goes from, oh, this is what I do, but what could I... To, like, to it's just the worst extremes, too. It's like pornography. It's nothing is good about it, right? It's like saying, I want to explore more cuisine. Where are all the McDonald's? Like, no, there's a way... There, yeah, so just that. No, let's yes. not do that. But so the thing that that I had to do when when I figured out I don't want to have bad sex anymore. I don't want to have sex I don't want. I don't want to have sex if I'm not in the mood. Like that was I had like a list of like no, I'm not going to do that anymore. You're not going to we're not going to have sex if I don't feel like it. Like I'm not going to acquiesce to that because you you feel like it. So either you figure out how to make me feel like it or or we do this thing together or I do some of that work, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so in that you have to allow yourself in a way to float in the pool for a while. Just, and even think about it like when you're, I, I would say, I would, I'll just give a real scenario of like you're lying in bed with your partner. You have, you know, you, the mood is set in the sense that it's calm, you feel relaxed, you have like a fan on so it's not loud, you're not hearing kids, all that stuff. You are in the zone to relate to your partner. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about what you want sexually, but you don't think McDonald's, Burger King, all the things, pornography, wiener, everywhere. Ah, you don't do that. Wiener. I don't know. Uh, you don't do that. You, you think sort of from the floating in the swimming pool perspective. You think, okay, there's a million ways to swim in a pool. What sounds really cool to me? I would love, so here's a good example. I love snorkeling. There's a one place in Maui. It's like a reserve where you can snorkel and it's amazing. 
that's what I want. How do I, what, what is What is it about that that I like? Mm-hmm. Then you think about it and you talk about it. Maybe you just do this with yourself and talk about it with yourself. But you have to kind of like ratchet down from what culture thinks knowing yourself sexually is. Go down, like go calm yourself down, think about it differently and reframe it and then create what you want. Know what you want first. What I'm thinking is don't compare like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, what do I like? Such, well, what have I seen in the movies or or Go media or anything like that? And if if we do that, we're like, oh, geez, well, I don't want to do that. That's too crazy. But there's no, like, happy medium in there. So what can you, how can you think about it? So don't compare. Just, like, be truthful with your partner. Like, hey, I was thinking about trying this. And then you try something. I don't know. I don't know. A position or a move or a thing or a place or what you're wearing or whatever. And then just try it. It's like, oh, okay. Did did that really turn on my accelerators? Did that really, I don't know, get me going? Or mm. or did that was like, oh, that's not so cool. And then do you feel comfortable saying, oh, that's not so cool to do? Yeah. So, Hold on. Uh, Our video is messing up. Why don't you start it over? Maybe just end that one okay. and then Thank come back. Thank you. Sorry so about that. Uh, we're going to do something with our Facebook video, I think. Um, but so can you continue? Yeah. Okay, keep on going. Well, you were saying something. Yeah, so what What do you... I mean, we've kind of figured out and not figured out. Like, okay, what, what works? What do we both like, you know? And like, sometimes you ask me the question, like, well, what would you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. You know, and then we just whatever. You know what I'm saying? No. So it's like a. Oh I don't know what you're saying. It's a, it wasn't very it's clear. A, it's a, a trial and error kind of thing. Like, oh, last time was this, and let's try it this way, or like go back to think think about the times when you had like really awesome sex. What was going on? What was the precursor? Like the antecedent to that? How did the mood feel? What was going on? Um, and think about that. And then also think about like, oh gosh, like I, that one time I wasn't able to orgasm or I felt uncomfortable the whole time. What was going on then? Mm-hmm. The room was cold, the kids were bugging and I wasn't even thinking about sex, but my husband wanted to. So that's like when she says, I don't have bad sex. It's not like, okay, we're not having sex unless I want to. I control everything. You're not saying that. No, right? I am. Sa- what I am saying, saying is if, if I think I, if I think we would be set up to have bad sex, I will do the work that I need to do maybe personally or relationally to make it so that it isn't bad. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It is not like I'm lording over you and saying, nope, you didn't work hard enough. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like I'm bringing her a plate of food and she's like, <laughs> I am not eating that. Yeah, because garbage. I have decided not to eat garbage. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I never that? eat garbage. I don't eat rejectamenta. <laughs> rejectamenta. That's, <laughs> that's what I was trying to think of. Uh, yeah. So that that's how that's the context that she's saying in that. So mm-hmm. hopefully those were helpful. Sorry if I no. I want to say something really quickly though too. One of the things I was actually talking to my friend about this yesterday. Um, one of the things that people often misinterpret when it comes to sexuality is they think uh, I want to do something new. I want to do something different sexually and so then they go to what they think is going to essentially be the most accelerator possible meaning like um if you were to equate it to fast food the most fat the most salt the most sugar right i'm going to go to a hot fudge sundae extra large fries and like a baconator i don't know um i don't know what that is (laughs) but but they think of you're going from like they think 
we often think that's the thing that will make me feel like I'm exploring my sexuality in a good way. But really, that's just what culture shows us. Uh, that's what's in movies. It's the Baconator of sex is in movies or mm -hmm. commercials. Um, but that is actually not connection and pleasure. That's not what intimacy is designed for in well, real uh, life. So think, but hold on, just think about if all you're eating is a hot fudge sundae, large fries, Baconator, you know, with cheese or whatever, you're not, you're going to die. You're going to feel terrible and you're going to die and you're going to be fat and you're going to be unhappy, mm -hmm, right? Because mm -hmm. that isn't what we are designed to eat. Yes. Just the same that we are not designed to have the kind of sex that movies portrays in the sense that it's like, you know, the just the most you could do, the most people at once, the most blah, blah, blah. Like, like, like that all, isn't the kind of connection and pleasure we need. Right. Like all the time. But as I'm hearing you talking, like sometimes it's okay to have like a Baconator if, if both people are... are if both people want to Baconator. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, oh yeah. And there's been times when that has happened, right? But is it like that all the time? Does it bring connection? Does it bring bring pleasure? Yeah, sometimes a Baconator brings connection and brings super pleasure, right? But all the time that way? No. Mm -hmm. And when we say it's not like that all the time, we are not saying the height of connection and pleasure is a Baconator and sometimes <laughs> we fall short. We are not saying that. We are right. saying that there is... Like just like meals, sometimes you want hot chocolate. Other days you want green tea. Other days you want pistachios, and sometimes you want an eclair. I don't know. Every day I want an eclair. <laughs> uh, but it's it's understanding the complexity of the sexual nature of humans that it should not only always be a baconator all the time. And when right. you start with that as you're like, oh, I want to try things new, baconator. Um, <laughs> you are not going to. Uh, it's just going to be a struggle all the time. I hope that helped. This reminds me of another Seinfeld episode with my favorite character, George. <laughs> I'm so hungry for Wendy's right now. I Is know. that a Wendy's? Yeah, it's a, the, I thought it was it's McDonald's. It's the Baconator. <laughs> and then they have the son of Baconator. Have you oh, seen that's that? hilarious. <laughs> I mostly know, uh, what's my favorite? Arby's. Arby's, right. The big the, Montana. The big Montana. But anyway. I used to eat that all the time, like in high school. The, sign, the Seinfeld book episode i just read so one of our friends says book come as you are yes that's a good one yes, yes. Uh, when he uh brings cured meats into oh, the bedroom gosh, that's so funny and like the sensual the most sensual of, of cured meats right, is right. pastrami or something so um, you heard it here baconator sex sometimes not all the time someone in our comments suggested read the book come as you are by emily nagoski yes please go get that on audible you can get it at audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage for free so check that book out is really great for understanding your own sexuality okay we're in gonna a more complex way yes we're but gonna have to come back to that one no we're not it's only it's not a question okay so i'm gonna read something this is from the women's group and i got permission to share it and i want i'm gonna show you uh, why I, I wanted to read this to you for a reason, so you should join the groups. So it says, wow, I have been a complete <clears throat> and total B-word today. What the heck is wrong with me? Exhaustion, that's what. I have not slept well in weeks. I have so many moody... Oh, wait. I've been so moody and angry about every last thing. My husband is irritating the crap out of me. How do you guys handle interactions with your husbands when you're snappy about every last thing he does? Even when I don't say anything, my face still says it all. I told him what's going on with me, and sometimes all I want him to do is hold me and tell me it's going to be okay, or, to be blunt, just shut up and be... But he just says stuff like, wow, that wasn't very nice in this emotional tone of voice that I that uh, that sounds like I just said the meanest thing in the world. I just can't handle it that sometimes. Why can't he just understand that I'm exhausted and help me by not starting arguments by saying that or even offering to put the baby to sleep so I can go to sleep early? I know it's OK for men to be emotional and I'm not saying he can't be, but sometimes he's just too emotional for me to handle and I'm not very nice about it. Uh, and then it does like a emoji and it says, sorry for the rant. 
Um, but then this is what I'm bringing this up for. The next comment in this thread was, I put myself in a timeout. I tend to get snippy and turn into a big old bee a couple of times a month. Sometimes I need to talk to my husband and sometimes I just need a timeout and let him deal with the kids or the house for a bit. We even tell the kids that I'm in a timeout, which they find hilarious. So this is another, so someone else wrote that. Here's another comment. As soon as I realize it's it's all me and my mood, I announce it just like how I started this post. I like, I'm a huge bee today. I'm PMSing over or super tired or whatever. Then he knows to steer clear and I try to get some space. I try to remember that he can't always anticipate my needs since he isn't a mind reader. Sometimes I need to spell it out for him and usually, and that usually goes better than hoping or expecting that he will, um, that he will. And then what, what am I saying? I don't even know where you are. Okay. But anyway, so it says for me, the more I communicate what I need, the more I get a positive response and he learns to anticipate that particular need in the future. And if he doesn't, after a few times, we have a conversation about it. Mm. So I am reading all of that to say this is one interaction in the women's group. How awesome is that? I had nothing to do with that interaction. Seth and I weren't a part of it. It was something that uh, like one of the members posted, another member responded to, another mm -hmm. member responded to. So our communities are really great. They're an awesome place to ask any question to people who really give a total crap about your marriage. Right. Right. So hang out with people who give a total crap. Yeah. So, okay. I don't want to plug the Facebook groups yet, but I just did. So go there. I like that. That is awesome. I love it in the men's group when I read a thread and then boom, 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 mm -hmm. all these dude answers of like cogent, helpful input happens and it's great. It's not like, oh, dude, you know, your wife sucks too. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. All this stuff. It's not like a whatever. It's, it's good support, right? Yes. And that is exactly what we need. And okay, I like it when if I would love it if you would announce like, hey, I'm just not feeling it today. I do that sometimes. Sometimes, but it's really helpful when you do because we've had arguments when I'm like, uh, what's going on? You're like, can I just be? I'm like, yeah, you can, but you're you think I being ever talk to you that? Can I just be? <laughs> I do not. I have never done that to him. Just FYI. That's what it's like in my mind. Yeah, so. it is, never comes out of my right. mouth that way. <laughs> anyway, sometimes it does. But anyway, I I like the idea of being emotionally forward in that way forthright forthright right i was listening to a book and it was talking about uh russian culture like oh yeah just yeah kind of stereotypical russian culture that's the art and, the subtle art of not giving an f right mm -hmm. and it was like yeah russia was so different and it was the, the author lived there because everyone is so forthright mm -hmm. and that's just how it they is tell you People, exactly what they you know feel. just like you don't get your feelings hurt it's like mm -hmm. you know do a russian <laughs> accent <laughs> I like you. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I think that I wanted to bring that up because we have an amazing community of people who care about each other, right? So it's uh, it's something I want to encourage you guys to go to the face Facebook groups and join. The, the women's and the men's groups are private. So the stuff you share isn't everywhere and people can't see it. So it's, it's the space that you can go to mm -hmm. talk about everything from in-laws to kid problems to sex problems to mental health or physical health issues. Like, have you dealt with this? Oh my gosh, I'm going through this or financial struggles. And we are always there to support you. So please go to Anatomy of Marriage Facebook. I don't even know what the URL is, but you can find it. Yeah, just And there's men's and women's mm -hmm. groups and you can join those. So. That's right. Okay, guys, go and rate and review the show, please. That's a really good thing for us and it helps us out. Good morning, Melissa. 
and we'll read your review on the show which is always really fun yeah which is fun also please remember to email your questions no questions are off limits we will answer them and help you any way that we can by Mm -hmm. sharing our story and giving a therapist perspective so all right anything else nope thank you so much for joining us today have a fun and amazing day i'm gonna chaperone a field trip to a rocky beach in washington that's right i'm gonna be happy friday love you guys see you